0: But we told you after the game, they're gonna be talking about the Titans. Two cans of beer a day, and that's your bleeding lot.
1: And now we've got an extra one because they stopped the touch. So we'll put on our civvy clothes, find a publisher. shore. A sailor's just a sailor, just like he was before. Oh.
0: That's right, welcome to the Coach's Corner live Thursday edition, thanks to some poorly planned vacation on my part, uh, getting out of town, going to COVID Central in Florida, Disney World, the happiest place on earth where I am still dead tired and dead broke. Good way to start your week. Jonathan, how are you doing? Feels like forever since I've seen you.
1: I'm a little disappointed. Where, Where is where's the rendition of It's a Small World?
0: Oh, I, yeah, I, I completely listen. It's it's all recorded. I don't have anything. Yeah, it's a Small World after all. that, you. Happy? I am. I am. I'm going to make sure that
1: that's clipped in forever. No, I am. I'm good. I'm good. It's Thursday, which means it's almost Friday, going into uh, going into the weekend. This is always a good day, depending on how busy. If you're strategic at work, uh, Fridays are a little
0: a uh, little light. Or if you're like me, who missed the last uh, week of work, you're having to play a lot of catch up on a Friday, so that's gonna be fun for me. But right now, you know, we're sitting here. We got Thursday night football on the TV, watching the Jaguars and the Bengals. Surprisingly, the Jaguars out to a seven nothing lead at this point in time. Uh, so. Try not to pay too much attention to that. But we did have a game this weekend with the Titans versus the Colts. F the Colts, they did win. Uh, Unfortunately, I was in Epcot while the game was going on, and I tried to watch it on YouTube TV. But there's this funny thing when you're out of network, you can't really watch. I was able to catch a little bit of it on Red Zone. I did go back and rewatch the game later and read all the Twitter blowups and stuff. But with reading Twitter and and all the social media, if I would have – not ever watch the game. If I would only listen to a few different social media pundits and, and and personalities, I would have thought the Titans looked like the worst NFL team in the world based on and what turns out to be just one or two plays.
1: Yeah, and look, we'll we'll get more into you know offensive, defensive. But I think on Twitter on Sunday afternoon, I said you know. Titans are playing the worst good game that I've ever seen, and I still stand <laughs> by that. I think that's the most accurate uh, depiction of what we saw Sunday afternoon. I can't say the Titans played poorly. They held a team to 30% on third down. They 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 were able to move the ball pretty consistently. It wasn't that the Colts were stopping them very often. It's they, just they kept shooting themselves in the foot, which has kind of been... Um, they they're uh, how they've been playing this entire season. So ultimately, uh, I can't say they played bad. They were the they were the better team. I don't think that you can really question that. But there were definitely some uh, some questions that you can have for um, some mistakes made throughout the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, and we'll get into it here in just a second about some of the some of the things when it comes to Ryan Tannehill and some others. But you know, obviously, I was following along with the game. Trying, you know, it's it's difficult to follow on game when you're you're looking at the the live play by play because you don't really get a whole lot of context. You see interception, and then then Questenberry, uh causes a fumble on the tackle, and the Colts get it back. You don't really see how it happened. That was just an odd bounce. Luckily for the Colts on that play, I guess. Uh, but it, it's it's just one of those things too when. Uh, <clears throat> You know, I said also on. I think that the Titans were lucky that with the three turnovers. I, well, I, let me let me start over. I said that this felt like a game the Titans should have lost by 10, two scores, and I don't mean like blown out. I mean like by ten points or something with two, by two possessions, because of the way it panned out. But luckily, they're playing the Colts and they were able to keep the Colts out of the end zone and and and. Only give up field goals, so I don't disagree with that. Looking back, even though after after I've watched the game, I don't feel as harshly about that tweet. But wh- where I was going with that was the basically when you have three turnovers in an NFL game and you get none from the other team, you can't expect to win that game. And the Colts were very inept on offense. And if it, those two of those touchdowns or field goals were tra- are turned into touchdowns for whatever reason, the ball bounces a little differently. The Titans might end up losing that game, or it's a lot. It's a lot closer, obviously, at that point. So I mean, I don't feel bad about me saying that because it definitely you can't have a game where you have three turnovers. But all in all, you have a game where you your top two receivers go out pretty early. You're already missing your top tight end target and Ferguson, due to injuries not out there. So I mean, there's three of your top targets, and Josh Reynolds is not active or not not playing I mean so you've got those four for Tannehill you're expecting him to have a bad game and if you look at the numbers alone you would say okay three touchdowns two interceptions only 197 yards maybe that's a bad game but going back and watching it he had so many plays he also had what five yard five carries for 56 yards someone said the Tannehill put the, the team on his back and I don't disagree with that he had he made some pretty gutsy plays staying active on on his feet on those some of those scrambles
1: yeah I mean it I think Tannehill has had a really sharp start to the season. Obviously, in the uh, the Cardinals game, there were some issues with uh, so the pass protection. He wasn't playing his best game, but overall, sure. the last two games he's been extremely sharp. There's a hand, only a handful of what I would call bad throws out there. So uh, hard to be real critical of Tannehill. I said, you know, in the game. Previously, that this they cannot continue to turn the ball over and still get away with with victories. They are negative six on the season and turnover differential. That is not a sustainable um you know method for success. Uh, just uh, it's kind of ironic, right? That you know all, all off and then lead in the preseason, my word of the of the podcast has been mercurial, and really the Titans are showing to be a mercurial team. They're a team that they are executing. The protection has been much better. The defense. Defense, I've, I know they've been giving up points in the, in weeks one and two. What did I say in each one of those weeks? I said the defense has been is not as bad as the points they have given up, and I think you're going to start to see that show. And sure enough, against the Colts, even with your offense turning over the ball three times, you give up only 16 points to a divisional opponent. It, it's hard to be too critical of the defense. And I, I do I think there are some schematic things that I would do differently? But, um, yeah, I think they, they still play a little bit too much off coverage, But, you know, overall, hard to be too down on this team, especially knowing that there are still some errors to clean up because some of those turnovers that they had, um, they are turnovers that just like the big plays against Seattle. Those are things that you can clean up. Those are things that you can coach out.
0: Yeah, again with my offensive line problems. Going back and watching the game, there was a couple miscues and pass protection, but I think some of that can be queued up. But and again, there was an early sack early in the game where honestly, I've kind of gone through my rules and what that could have been just on based based on my knowledge. And honestly, I just think it was a good uh blitz designed by the Colts. You know, it just they caught him at the wrong time, and you can't really blame. I saw a lot of people saying that that that. The tackle, I think it was Questenberry, should have should have blocked down to help. Well, you can't do that because here's the thing with offensive line protections. Everybody has to have their set rules. You can have a little bit of flow with certain positions, but you have to have the understanding of where that ebb and flow is going to be and where that pass-off is going to be between players, and they understand and they have that communication. But your tackles a lot of times are set in what they're going to be doing, and they don't change. A lot, and that way you know the running backs and whoever you're responsible for that second level or those extra defenders know where they're going to be coming and can, and can slide down. And really, the way it turned out, it looked like the running back was chipping off the edge and released. The tight end was chipping off the edge and releasing off the other other side. They are. They called a slide over the one side of the line. Picked up the protect the picked it up beautifully. I just think that they brought it at the wrong spot based on where their call was and for their protection. If anybody was going to get it, maybe the running back breaks across, but I don't think that was the play call. So again, I can't really blame the tackle. I just kudos to the Colts. Sometimes, you know, the, these NFL coaches are paid to make those calls and to be able to get you. You know, that's what they're trying to do. Last man with the, what do we say all the time? Last man with the, the chalk on chalkboard wins. And that was just one of the situations, I think, where the Colts were able to draw something up. The Titans just didn't have called in their protection scheme right there. But again, I thought the offensive line played really well. Well, again, you know, Lawan I thought played well. Uh, Nate Davis had some great blocks and, and down the field. I just think overall it was a good job for this unit. They keep improving. This offense is going to keep improving.
1: No, I mean, I think that is. Oh completely true and you talk about the offensive line protection on that one play and it's one of those we, let's talk about big on big protection and everybody says oh well, he should slide inside and for, for, generally speaking you want to take the most dangerous guy that uh, you want to take the guy that's inside but at the same time you can't just leave a defensive end if it's a linebacker lined up on the outside okay maybe you, you can adjust some scheme a little bit but especially if it's a true big man out there you don't want a true defensive end coming around the corner matched up one on one with a either a tight end or in this case, a running back. And that's just something that that's just a, a recipe for disaster there. So that's where I do th- agree with you. I think it was a well-designed blitz and sometimes, you know, the the defense and the Colts are a good defense. Uh, they're just going to win some plays. Sure. Now, um, you you generally don't want that to be an unblocked defender. On no, your and you
0: don't want that to be the norm for sure. You want to be able to clean that up, and then again, you've got to you've got to work on with your quarterback and center to make get you into the right protection, and the right calls. Because I think what I've would have loved to have seen if they could have counted. I think they counted the right way too. When you see how many defenders were to the left of the center, so I think they made the right call and Nate Davis sliding over and they, the pickup. If you watch it again, Jones pick like passing off the one defender. We complained a couple weeks ago, or I guess with Seattle, I think when Nate Davis didn't take that pickup and didn't recognize the the Passover once the, the, the nose had gone over this time. Jones recognized the nose, the nose had gone over away from his gap responsibility and his pass protection, picked up that linebacker on the front side perfectly. And so I can't really fault them. They, they were perfect in what they had called. I just think that again, kudos to the Colts there. They, they caught them and, and hopefully the Titans will, will be able to recognize that set and be able to anticipate that, that blitz at that point.
1: Yeah. So we, probably the biggest takeaway from the game. And I see uh, Tyler Westra from Facebook here is that the injury list and just the number of injuries that piled up, especially, I do think that's something to be concerned about in a 17 game season. Um, you got the extra game, but you're already talking about even before that it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's a longer marathon now. So you already have these nagging injuries early on. Um, and we always say that sometimes it's not the best team. It's the healthiest team at the end of the season. Uh, you know, you lose Rashad Weaver. Uh, that's a, that's some edge depth to have there he, he's a big guy that can be a consistent rotation piece so that one is going to hurt um it, but ultimately you have to now start kind of protecting your star players with the aj browns with the julio jones and you don't want to hold them out just for the sake of holding them out And i know i've seen a lot of people out there talking about oh this week it's the jets well they're still an nfl team are they a good nfl team absolutely not They can still win games. It's hard to go 0-16. Don't be that one or two wins that a bad team picks up. And if you go in there thinking you can just sit anybody, then you could get embarrassed.
0: Right. And, you know, obviously we were going to get into this a little later on about the Jets and and the injuries leading up to and what maybe they should do with some of those receivers especially. But based on that note, with the receivers especially, you know, A.J. Brown gets taken out early of the game. Julio follows suit. And now you're relying relying on – what are your depth pieces of receiver that you're hoping maybe are, are contributing one or two plays a game, not that you're relying on for big parts of the game. And, you know, Chester Rogers had a, had a um, pretty good play. On that touchdown, that first touchdown from Tannehill on that inside slant, in, right inside the coverage, and Tannehill hit it perfectly. And sometimes the, you can scheme, no matter what the player is, you can scheme the route, and the throw can be right on the money, and it doesn't matter who the player is. And that was one of those situations where they were able to take, take advantage of that. Uh, Nick Westbrook-Akeem obviously had a big catch, got his first touchdown, uh, career NFL touchdown, but he also had the fumble later on. Uh, again, there was a mistake earlier. One of the one of the two interceptions from Tannehill wasn't on him; it hits the receiver directly in the chest, bounces up in the air, and the Colts get the. Pitch. So that's not, that was not on Tannehill. The one that was on Tannehill, you know, to Hudson, it looked like, uh, I think it was Hudson. The tight end it, was the target. It
1: was, so it, they went into a scramble drill. Everybody had finished their routes. Both McNichols and Hudson had been in pass pro and had set up there. So it's really a confusion. And then uh, both, both McNichols and Hudson kind of realized, oh, we're in the same spot. Right. They split right at the back. Right of time. when you were so, throwing
0: it. So, I mean, yeah. And, and you, if you would listen to, again, we'll, we'll get into that. That's, that's where I was getting with it. With the fact that Tannehill had these targets and, had are these receivers to throw to and still had the game that he did is pretty impressive to me. And that one interception where people were saying he should have been benched for that. And This was the worst throw, inexcusable. Take the situation and look what happened. First of all, and, and first of all, you're not benching your quarterback, starting quarterback over one interception. I don't care what your level is. I don't care. You're not benching your starter off of one interception, not with the track record he has. It, it, it's not the interception. You bench him because there's been seven interceptions like that. There are, there's been seven interceptions in a row that were poor choices. But let's analyze that throw. Why was it Why was it so bad to certain people? And I'm, and I'm talking about Jared Stillman, when he went on a rail about how Tannehill was terrible on that.
1: Well, speaking of a rail, let me just say something. Nashville, I'm pleading with you. Stop letting jared stillman get listens and clout chasing on the backs of other media members in this market he says things just to rile people up that's it the only reason that he still has a show is because people are dumb enough to give him the actual recognition in the time of day there are stupid people all over this planet he just happens to have a mic in his face
0: but again if you look at the situation as you were saying it was a fire drill Tannehill had great protection he was there, still trying to make a play. Is one of those that he probably should have, have scrambled, and he held on to it. He threw it late. Both receivers that he was thrown to in the area realized that they shouldn't be next to each other because you never want to have more than one receiver in the same area because that's more defenders in the area. And so the general rule is that you have your levels and you have your concepts where they break out. So they both broke out. And typically, and now the culture is there for the easy pick. And basically, I think Dom's pointing out here. What did he say? And I'm paraphrasing all this because nope. I just
1: nope. Go go to Twitter and you can find it. We're okay, we're done. Dom, you're gonna find it. Sorry.
0: So, but it, I don't. You, my point is, you don't bench your starting quarterback off of that play. And as a coach back in the day, as well, even when you had a competition, when you were going back and forth, you still gave a guy plenty of chances to make to make those mistakes and learn from it because you don't take someone out after making mistakes. It's, just, it's a dumb comment. It's dumb. I don't want to go into it anymore. I was going to go a little more, but I'm going to take your, your advice here and not give it any more life. But, again, Tannehill, I thought, had a really good game. And if you listen to just certain people, you would have thought he was awful. And if you just look at the stat sheet, you would have thought he was awful. But the, the scrambles that he was able to pull out and, and the fighting for the extra charge late in the game, there was, I think, a second in 11 or 9, I don't remember the yardage, but he scrambles and he dives in bounds to, A, keep the clock moving. And B get the first down, which was much needed at that point in time. So Tannehill had some guts on the day where he had didn't have his star help on the outside, and 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 Henry had a good game twenty eight carries, hundred thirteen yards. And I'm not going to take any, anything away from him. And I, I think he was three for thirty one receiving as well. you keep seeing that trend coming up, and that's that's a good sign as well. So he contributed big time, but Tannehill's guts, I really th- I really think propelled this team on, and. Again, this is a Mike Vrabel team. You see this time and time again where there's just no quitting them. Even when they're getting blown out, they're still fighting. You know, they, how many how many games they should have been out of, you see them claw back into. I mean, this game easily, if it was a different team with a different coach and different mindset with the three turnovers, easily could have lost this game to, to a bad Colts team.
1: No, I completely agree. So as we as we look forward, we talked about the injuries. How concerned are you with that mounting injury list?
0: You don't like it, you? obviously. Don't know what that Got was.
1: A weird sound there. Got a ghost in the machine here.
0: Sounded like Lebowski there for a second. But anyway, <laughs> uh, you, you don't you don't like it obviously you want the healthiest team you can possibly have but again you're coming into the stretch of you've got the jets up next and then you've got i think it's the jags so you've got the jets and the jags two arguably the two worst teams in the nfl this year i made a joke in my pickem article I, i'm not sure if it's published yet or not but i made it when i was typing up that you know our pickers are always going to be picking against the jags no matter what in the next line i said our pickers are always going to be picking against the jets week 16 is going to be interesting when those two teams play though for our pickers, because uh, you know maybe there's that's the first time we're going to see that the uh, the draw or the tie it <laughs> takes takes
1: the that's, cake. Uh, that could end up being <laughs> the battle for the number one pick
0: for sure. So I mean, you got those two coo- those two games coming up. So I'm hoping that a lot of these injuries. Obviously, Shadow Weaver. That's that's one that's unfortunate. He's gone for the season. But the hamstrings, the little nicks and 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 bumps here. You're wanting to get these guys healthy for the big run because right after that you've got the Bills and the Chiefs. At Indy, which I don't, I know what they just did against Indy, but it's at Indy this time. You don't want to mess around with what's. I mean, let's not. It's the it's the biggest threat to the AFC South in the Colts. I mean that there's your threat. You don't want to go one and one against them, especially when you're going to their house. I mean that seems to be the the, the case is the one and one versus the Colts, even in years when they should be better than the Colts. So you don't want to do that. So I, again, I don't like that the injuries are coming up. But Taylor Lewan having the, I think it was the the reason they held him out of Seattle. Uh, he felt the pop was worried. They wanted to get under imaging. So they made the call just to be safe about it. So I agree with that. And he's fine. It looks like he's fine now. He played and he played better. Maybe he's getting some of that out of his head. Maybe that, that scare was enough to get out of his head. Uh, Julio had the problems last year, but again, if you read into the narrative, he only sat out because he was unhappy. So maybe they're holding him back. There was this whole load management thing. Uh, so you don't like that injuries are popping up, but it's kind of a good time in the schedule for them to pop up. If you want to get guys healthy, if that's all that's going on.
1: Yeah, I think my, my biggest concern, the number one takeaway, uh, and once again, Tyler Wester from Facebook here, do I think that Bud Dupree plays against the Jets? I think he probably has to give it a little bit of a go. They have having a little bit of a depth problem on the edge at this point. Um, so I think he'll probably at least be active. How many snaps he gets, I'm not sure. But my biggest concern with the overall injuries, because I do think that you see Julio and AJ sit going into this game, but what it, you, you can't sit everybody on offense. And and for when you look at Derek Henry, he's kind of been the train that has kept this thing going, uh, including Tannehill and him being sharp. But everybody knows, you know, Derek Henry I think has 25 more carries than the next running back up so you would also like to be able to manage some of his work sure. and these are the kinds of games that you would hope that he wouldn't have to tote the rock 30 times hopefully
0: he gets a couple 70 yard runs and he's done for the night yeah <laughs> but
1: now now you kind of set up that once again his workload may have to be lo- larger than you'd expect and that that is my biggest struggle is and you may not even notice it until the end of the year whenever he is around 400 carries and that's the thing that I would be concerned about if I'm a Titans fan, not, hey, are these injuries going to impact the outcomes of these next two games? Probably not. The Titans are a good enough team, and I do think they are good enough on defense, uh, as we'll talk about with the Jets, to, to keep them in the games, regardless of who's playing on offense. But I do think, especially with Darrington Evans being out, uh, you have Jeremy McNichols. It may become the Mackay Sargent. Show which, but the, the problem there is you really don't know what you have there. Yeah,
0: I mean you can say you do have preseason, but you don't because it's preseason. Uh, real quick note, because uh, there's one more Colts topic I want to cover before we get to the Jets, because uh, this is a coaching based decision. There was a decision in this game that I actually agreed with, and I want to I want to touch base on it because it did draw some ire from some people as well. But um, if you were joining us from Twitter, uh, just based on my experience last night with the flex and watching them. Uh, For some reason, the Twitter chat and restream is not connecting, and I don't know why that is. So what we told people last night, and, and Patrick, I don't know if you want to go in and find the YouTube link for this. We are live on YouTube as well. You can put your comments in that chat and they will come through. So, if you're on Twitter and you see, and when you think we're ignoring you, we're not. We just, we don't see them because they're not coming through based on the periscope switch or whatever. So, again, uh, Patrick, if you can find that YouTube link, I know I'm asking a lot of you on the fly here and put that in the chat for everybody uh, to go click on uh, that's on Twitter. Facebook, we can see just fine. It's just for whatever reason, Twitter's not coming through. So, we're not ignoring you. Just try to make your way over to YouTube. We're broadcasting live there as well if you want to participate in the show and ask them some questions. Cause I know that uh, one of our friends tonight at soccer practice told me he was going to uh, maybe have a drink. and and rip into some stuff and ask some questions and I haven't seen him yet. So maybe that's why, uh, just, just a thought. Um, so as I teased, thank you, Patrick, uh, link is in the chat for, uh, YouTube. So like I teased earlier, there was a coaching decision and I thought Mike Vrabel, as much, as much as as much problem. Oh, Hey (laughs) man, chime in then. Um, as much Flack, is he's caught in some of his game management decisions and some of his his talking points and, and what he's done with some of his decisions on fourth down, his challenges, I thought that he was pretty sharp with some of that in this game. And the one I want to focus on and talk about was the two-point conversion late in the game. They're already up seven. So you might be thinking, you kick the extra point, why not go up eight, right? Because then you're forcing the Colts to go for two. I understand that but you're already up seven, right? So you're already one score up. So in that thinking, your biggest risk is you're still going to be up seven. You're still going to be up one score. So the pressure is still on the Colts, whether they want to go to go for two to try to win the game or to tie it. I love the decision because essentially you're ending, you're you're, you're potentially ending the game right there because you're going up two scores. And now, now you're putting a, a lot more pressure on the Colts. And as you can see, it didn't work out for them obviously. Now, obviously, the Titans still had to get a field goal to tack back on to go back up by nine later on in the game, but I love that decision to go up by two there, and it's, it shows that the variable is not scared to do those kind of things. Cause I think a lot of coaches would have gone for just the one to go up by eight, but going up for nine, there really says, he's trying to step on the throat. He's trying to get it there. And I loved it. And that, and again, in the past, as you know, Jonathan, and some of our arguments in the past or some of our discussions, I'm not always a big fan of going for two in those situations. I'm more of the safe person, but in that moment, when I'm watching the game. I'm like, yes, absolutely. The way this game has gone, go for two there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a-
1: Generally indifferent on that decision, given the circumstances. I, I, you go either way, and I know the statistics pretty much back that up as well as pretty much a 50-50 shot. I, I like it in the sense of the feel of the game um, and the fact that the Titans were moving the ball. And, it, you know, you get down there and that kind of read option look from the Titans is, is when they run it. And frankly, because they run it so f- so not very often. Infrequently. Infrequently, there's the word. Uh I can say mercurial, I can't say infrequently. Um it- the fact that they do that so infrequently it makes it even harder to stop because you're not spending a ton of time uh, defending it and practicing against it to sure. the opponents. The other reason that I think it probably was a good decision for them is although Randy Bullock has been somewhat consistent, everybody knows about the Titans' kicking woes, and so that extra point is not exactly automatic. <laughs> I here feel is the two point. <laughs> here is the reason. Here is the reason that I do think that it it was a riskier move than people are talking about, and that is because had they missed that. You, you say, cool, the Colts go down. You know, they just, they'll just they kick the extra point to tie it and go to overtime. There's one thing I will say about Frank Reich. Had they missed that and they were up by seven, I don't think there's any chance in the world that Frank Reich was going to go to overtime had they been able to drive down there and get a touchdown. He was going to go for two in the score. Oh, I don't doubt it. I don't yeah. doubt it. Yeah, and so that's the risky part of it. Now, I'll also say, if you're a you're kind of doubling up in the situation by saying my defense has been performing well enough, we've given yeah, up 16 points despite three uh, turnovers, that they're not going down to score a touchdown anyways.
0: So and if they do, it, it, they're probably not going to score two on it, just based on how this day has gone, or at least it's highly unli- or it's, uh, unlikely.
1: Yeah, so I, I tend to think don't incentivize them to go down there and win the game, but at the same time, I, it really is a toss-up kind of a decision, so um, I think in that situation, the way the Titans had been moving the ball, it's probably the right decision. Decision.
0: sure and, and that's what I'm saying like I loved it in that moment a different situation maybe I don't love it against a different offense but there I think I, I really did I did the way that the Titans defense has been playing and one other quick note Christian Fulton has been fantastic man he continues to produce week in and week out at the corner position and this is a team where we've said that they need help a corner they you know in the past they can't cover anybody they, they just just Malcolm Butler's your best corner and that's not saying I mean that's not the best saying in the world. You know, now they've got a pretty competent coverage out there, and it's pretty nice to see. And then you mix that with a, what's been a fairly active pass rush, even with a watered-down Bud Dupree so far. You know, this defense definitely looks like and David Long, I thought, had a good game, too just going back and watching it.
1: Yeah, defense overall, I mean, they still played off coverage a lot. I didn't necessarily like that, considering the fact that you knew Carson Wentz was going to try and get rid of the ball the second that he got it. Um, But they did make one adjustment about halfway through the game where they decided to start playing Christian Fulton in press coverage on the uh, single receiver top side. And so that took away one of the easier passes that they were going to have. And then the other thing, this Titans defense is doing better than the defense did last year. And it's kind of been a staple of Rabel's defense is we're okay giving up a completion go up and tackle no, sure. no missed tackles and right now this ta- this defense is tackling at a much much higher rate than they did last year and some of those plays you're okay giving up five six yards keep the ball away from the sticks and let them try and do it again so i do think this defense playing a whole lot better are there some things i still question schematically a little bit uh sure but this is just if you get the if you get the basics right the tackling uh it, it solves a lot of problems
0: my one hope is that the way this defense is playing at least even if they don't continue trending up I just stay with what you've been doing because this offense is going to click sooner rather than later in my opinion because Derrick Henry's already amassing and again to your point earlier you hope some of these carries back off just a little bit but he is having probably his best season at least earlier than he normally has it Right, so you got to hope that this offense is going to start clicking a little more with the receivers, with the weapons they have once they get healthy fully. And Tannehill, the way that he's been playing, and that they can start putting these games away earlier. Now your defense can just be that middle of the road and be fine and be more than adequate. I mean that that is light years beyond the defense the Titans had last year. I mean, and that's that's got to be the fact that you, the offense, the thing you were counting on, is being. The, uh, at least the same, if not improved, and being the carrier of this team hasn't necessarily been 100% the case so far. Has got to be a good feeling for, for for fans watching and the coaches thinking that once this offense starts picking it up, this defense, the way they've been playing again, not top five defense, but they don't have to be. They just have to maintain and be. I think they're ranked 15th in some things, they're up right middle of the pack. That's fine. Again, if they give up a a touchdown a game, who cares? You know, they seem to be doing well in the red zone for the most part. And those shot plays against Seattle, you take those away. And Kyler Murray having the game of his life uh, that first game. I mean, this defense has not had a bad season. That's got to feel good going forward.
1: The biggest impact that this team can do right now is stop turning the ball over. Yes.
0: Uh, that's that's hurt them as well with these short fields as well so but again speaking of that that's a good transition with the turnovers they're going they have had a lot of turnovers they're playing a team that has given the ball away <laughs> it seems like what should be a record pace the way that they're just giving it away it's like free lunches somewhere i mean it's it's been ridiculous zach wilson two interceptions last game i know Rantano had two interceptions as well but it just seems to be the what did you say there's a stat earlier that you quoted about the, the jets in this offense that they've been they've been putting out there
1: yeah, the the Jets have not scored a touchdown in twenty two straight drives.
0: I, you hope that continues. The Titans are able to continue that streak for them as well, because that's just not a very good offense right now, the NFL offense. And as I say that, I compared them in the Jag. They and the Jags were the worst teams. And now the Jags are fourteen nothing over the Bungles uh, <laughs> at, the, at the at the Bengals as well. So who knows? I mean, this is an NFL, so anything can happen. So you don't need to take any team lightly. Uh, but. Again, this team has been given away. In the last game, Zach Wilson, 160 yards with two picks and a QBR of 42.6, which isn't good. And then the whole team, the entire team, rushed for 43 yards against Denver. I know Denver historically can have good defenses and has good defensive scheme, but still, I mean, that's they haven't been good against anybody else either. For 22 straight possessions, like you said, 14 points in their first game, six points in their second game shutout versus Denver and I don't think Denver's an elite defense by any means so that's that's got to yeah, be I a welcome to sleep
1: on Denver's defense though, sure right? i yeah, they, i
0: know but yeah. i don't think they're i don't think they're the number 1 defense in the league but again The Jets can't do anything versus them. I think that you can kind of expect similar results, not exact results, but similar against the Titans defense the way that they've been playing.
1: If there's an opportunity to get turnovers, it's got to be one of those games. Uh, I mean, this is a situation where the Jets defense is not a bad defense, but as we've seen previously in uh, Titans seasons, where you can have a good defense, but a lack of any sort of offense, it just starts to wear you down. So, I think ultimately, if the Titans can put Zach Wilson, and so this is one of those situations where playing off coverage I think is something you may see a lot of one Zach Wilson when he came in here as one of those things where you kind of expected him to chuck the ball down the field go for those big plays but just generally young quarterbacks don't want to be patient and take what the what the defense is giving them consistently down the field the longer a drive goes on the more likely they are to make a mistake at some point that's just what most quarterbacks are prone to and I think Zach Wilson is even more prone than normal uh, I was I was not high on Zach Wilson coming out this is not me taking a victory lap on him you don't make judgments on rookies after three games uh, let alone one game Chicago um but <laughs> this is ultimately kind of what you expected out of Wilson I think they get they went after a guy because they saw a lot of traits that you see in Patrick Mahomes what all I'll say look the 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 book is not written yet on Zach Wilson by any stretch of the imagination but there's been a lot of quarterbacks that do things like Mahomes that were not Patrick Mahomes a lot more than there are that are Patrick Mahomes so I think with Zach Wilson, he's a guy that has been uh, a little bit all over the map. He he tries to make things, and he doesn't have a lot of help on the offensive line. Their best offensive player, their best offensive lineman, is Makai Becton, and he's, he's out. He's out. So he's running for his life back there. He's trying to force balls up there to get get to his receivers. He's missing some weapons. Going, uh, he's missing some slot receivers going into this game. So he he's not getting. They're not getting any healthier either. So this has to be a game where, yeah, you could throw some pressure at them, but I just think that this is a game where you got to be able to get pressure with your front four. And if Zach Wilson is beating you, then you got bigger questions.
0: Yeah, and the the thing, too, about about Wilson not getting help, he's not getting a whole lot of help out of his his run game either with the the team's leading rusher is, is Carter with 89 yards on the season and that's just i mean that's not good so he's not getting any help there and then when you become one dimensional like that against a quarterback who's already struggling it, that's why you're seeing it as bad as it is so the titans hopefully can get that pressure like you said that's that's going to be the key thing if they can, if they can sit back and control the run game. And they've been pretty good against the run so far this season, the Titans have, uh, for the most part. So if they can continue that against a team that's not a good rushing NFL team as it is and put the pressure on Wilson at that point in time, they can maybe I, – I would actually like to see them take some chances as well, but don't allow Wilson the early blown or the easy coverages by by getting. So you still have to be smart about it. I think they can play back, play back, play basic, and just get some pressure with that front like you were hinting at and control the rim gaps and just – let the game come to them, because I think the Jets are going to give them some opportunities to get those turnovers and to have some some quick change of field. And I think the Titans are going to get a defensive touchdown in this game, at least one.
1: Yeah, in, they very well may. I, I, I'm i not impressed with what any of the offensive coordinators other than uh, in game one have done against the Titans, just because when you look at what, they, what the Titans, the way they line up, playing a lot of that off coverage, um, what that allows you to do is a lot of the blockers be able to get up to that second level automatically and un, uninhibited. So what that can do with a lot of these outside runs is if I'm looking for a team to truly test the Titans defense and stay committed to that run, uh, there's a lot of criticism coming out against Indianapolis. Uh, for them not sticking to the run. uh, Seattle absolutely did not. There's very few teams that are truly running teams in today's day and age. And so if I was the Jets and I had a young quarterback, I'm definitely going to try and get, I don't care who my running back is, I got to take some of that pressure off my rookie quarterback, and I'm going to continue to pound the run until the Titans prove that they can stop it consistently. They haven't, and I'm not saying that the Titans can't, But they haven't consistently been tested in that regard. And so that's the one thing I have not really seen outside of forcing turnovers, um, which is a nice to have. But I don't think you have to do that to be a good defense in, in the NFL. So would it be nice to see that? Sure. But until the Titans truly get tested on the ground by a team that will actually commit to it. That's the biggest criticism I'd have if I was a Jets fan right now is their inability to consistently try and stick to that run. So I don't know if this is the team that will do it. That's how I would attack the Titans until they prove they could stop it.
0: I don't see it happening just based on how they've run their offense so far. you know. But at the same time, I agree with you. With your quarterback struggling the way that he is, you've got to try to find some ways to alleviate that pressure, especially off a young guy, and they're just not doing it. They're not doing him any favors, I guess is what we're saying. Um, So, But again, let's, let's switch back over to the Titans and how they attack this game. Um, as far as the game plan on, uh, we kind of hit on offense or excuse me, the defensive game plan we'd like to see there. Maybe you can get some, I wouldn't say rest because defense, even on defense, even when you're trying to rest starters, you still see defensive starters hanging on into games longer than the offensive guys. Just, that's just the way that it is. So, but maybe the game plan, they can play it, not safe, but they don't have to take the chances or, or something like that. But on offense, You've got a chance here as we hinted to earlier that you can rest some of your starters. Maybe you can hopefully get up to a lead so that you don't have to pound Henry so late into the game. You can give the ball to other running backs, other situations. Um, Do some things there and get some guys healthy and back ready in a couple weeks, those kind of things. But again, the game plan as well, I think you can stick, you still, I still think you have to call an NFL game plan. I don't think you can take the Jets lightly by any means. And I, I think that what we're saying is, is not that you want to go to like a preseason or a vanilla type of an offensive of, of game planning or calling. But again, you maybe can get some of these guys some rest or something like that. And sorry, I'm distracted because it looks like the Bengals had a turnover. I'm not sure what's happening there. But uh, that's what the danger of having an NFL game on while you're trying to do a podcast. All right, Captain
1: ADD, let's go.
0: <laughs> so but again, what are your thoughts there for the offense uh, for the Titans as they're facing the Jets?
1: Look, I, I heard somebody talking about how the uh, how how the Titans without their top two wide receivers have the worst receiving core in the NFL. That's an interesting statement to me because are we comparing that to? You take away their top two targets and now you compare their receiving core to uh, every other healthy receiving core? Or are you saying, oh, if we took away the top two targets on every receiving core in the NFL, then uh, they have the worst? That's incredible knowledge of every single depth chart in the NFL. So kudos to that person if that's truly what it is. But frank- frankly, I think that's an asinine statement. Um, I-, I-, I think. You're going to struggle anybody that loses their top two wide receiver targets. That said, a quarterback elevates the receivers around him and the way that Tannehill has been playing. I think they have receivers that can still move the ball, make the consistent catches. If you can get Anthony Ferkser back, I sure. think that helps with some of that, too. We talked about, yes, he plays the position tight end he's a big bodied wide receiver. Yeah. He's a slot wide receiver out there. So I don't, I think that you can get some of that weapon, some of those weapons back. Um, but ultimately I think they're going to pound the rock. They're going to hope that they can get a big lead and then, you know, kind of ride it out. Um, if they can get to a two, possibly even a three score lead, that's when I think you start to see carries from McKay, Sargent, guys from Jeremy McNichols, those kinds of things. But I think you come out guns blazing early on, try to get that big lead, put more pressure on the jets, uh, rookie quarterback, and run from there.
0: Yeah, and to the to Patrick in the in the chat here, who is the wide receiver one for the Titans and hopefully Ferster's back and there's your wide receiver one even though he's a tight end. He's not really a tight end. But I mean I there's rumors Reynolds might be back, so maybe they use him. But the, but the way they used the, the the receivers last week, I'm not even sure if Reynolds is your number one guy. I think it's just your number one route. You know, I think you've got to see who's out there in position, who's going to be open, what they're going to be trying to do with their scheme. I think that all three guys need to be, need to step up out there at receiver, but hopefully Ferkser's back and he helped take some of that pressure. But again, you better hope this is a game where you have to take your shots and you have to get into that middle part, whatever, because I'm not sure these receivers are your best candidates to do that. Based on the way that they run, because um, you don't have your Julio out there who can stretch the field, you don't have your AJ who can stretch the field as well. So you're hoping that you can attack the Jets defense in a different way, where none of that's going to be as important uh, for you. So hopefully, is back, and that'll take a lot of the pressure off for them. And um, I forget the I forget the fullback's name. I'm so sorry. The uh, Car Tori Carter is that right? It's
1: Tori Carter or Kari game. Which one's it going to be? You never know.
0: But my point I thought I thought Carter had a pretty good game too this last one. He so. Did. Whichever one of those two, I like them both. And and I think that that's also a player that you can utilize. You can look to utilize, not necessarily the pass game, but they can be extras out there just in case. And that you can maybe go to them in a run situation as well if you're not comfortable with McNichols being your your
1: Carter. Carter's a bit more of a traditional fullback. Uh, Blasting game's a little more of an H-back that can do a couple, a little bit more. Um, But in a true blocking, you know, fashion, Carter is that that more traditional kind of guy. Um, So I think you're going to have a mixture of wide receivers out there. I think uh, this is probably the game that Josh Reynolds is going to be active. He may be your uh, X. He may be your Z. I'm not sure where they'll line him up. Westbrook Akeen is probably the other one. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think this could be a game for Cameron Batson. I know people have been trying to cut him and everything, but this is a team that has trusted him. Tannehill trusts him. He makes the plays uh, that they give him. He is a he is the smallest outside receiver uh, maybe in the NFL, but the guy plays bigger than his frame. I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a, a little bit of an impact on this game.
0: Yeah, that's, that's not a bad call. I mean, I know you're a big Batson supporter, but definitely well-deserved because he has come up with some big plays in his tenure with the Titans for sure. Um, so – not going to say that the common t- uh, tagline about seeing things in the future, but uh, obviously the Titans, I don't think they're dead in the water. Receiver, even with A.J. and Julio out, especially against these next two teams they have coming up. Uh, hopefully, though, that they can give them the rest they need and they can get these those two back before that stretch we discussed earlier with the Bills and then the Chiefs. But, again, the Chiefs haven't been the Chiefs either, as Max pointed out as well. Patrick Holmes hasn't looked like himself this year either.
1: I'd still so, take them on my team.
0: Oh yeah, I'd still take him for sure. But if right you now can twist my arm. <laughs> but right now they're not playing like the Chiefs of old. There's something going out that The AFC West is a shootout already because of how they played. They've lost to two AFC opponents already. Um in this last one against the Chargers. So I mean they don't they're not the, the Chiefs they were either. Now I'm saying they're not a threat because that's still going to be a brutal stretch there with those four games upcoming after these next two. So yeah, you, here,
1: here's the real question. You taking Patrick Mahomes you taking Justin Herbert right now for the next 10 years?
0: This is bad for me because you know how much I love Herbert.
1: <laughs> no, but that's fine. Here's the thing. I don't even need an answer to this. The fact that that is even that close is a testament to what Justin Herbert has yes. looked like in his in his first year and a half.
0: And I, I think the easy answer is Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, because what he's done so far. But at the same time, Herbert has closed that gap well over what he probably should have. But I, I've been very impressed with him. And I, and, I mean, again, I... Have been on the Herbert train for. <laughs> I said I didn't need an answer. Now you're
1: going to put it on a recording. Yes, I am. Yes, I am.
0: But that's a good point, though. So you'll, you know, the Titans, the Jets, score prediction time. I, we kind of do this on the fly every week. But what are your thoughts here? What, what are your feelings on what the score is going to be?
1: Um, I, I would say, you know, that the Titans probably still end up winning by ten, but I think ultimately, I, I would say to channel the Jets. L-E-S-S, less, less, less. And by that, I mean less carries for Derrick Henry. Anything you can do to take some of that workload off of him I think is going to be is a major win. If you can do that, rest your two outside wide receivers and still get away. But you don't take a loss just to save carries. That is the ideal scenario. You got to get the win first. I think the Titans end up winning by about 10, but I, I think it's a it's a boring but pretty definitive victory.
0: Okay. Not going to put numbers on it? Nope. Uh, 27 to 9 Titans. Cool. Again, I think they just again. That's with a defensive touchdown thrown in there, based on my prediction earlier, because I think that's the offense just does what they have to do to get out of this game. Is that <laughs> a, a
1: is that a touchdown and a safety, a touchdown and missed extra point, and a field goal, or three field goals? Whatever for the Jets?
0: you, that's three field goals for the Jets.
1: Okay, so your prediction is that the Jets' streak of no touchdowns will continue to rise and still be intact by the end of the game.
0: Whatever floats your boat, sure. Yeah, that's, that's my prediction. I, I gave three you three goals. options, three and that's goals. what
1: you went with. Ryan predicts there will not be a single touchdown scored by the Jets in this game.
0: And you know I'm always right. Awkward silence there because I'm about 50-50 on some of these. So we'll, <laughs> we'll tune in next week to see what happens there. But, uh, again, stretch coming up for the Titans. This hopefully is a good game. Tune in. We will be – I'll be back. Halftime hits will be back. Jonathan did a great job holding down the fort. Roundtable should be back as well from us at Broadway. Uh, hopefully, we get this uh, restream, gets this Twitter thing figured out so we can get our, our Twitter family back in here to, to chime in on some of our live streams as well. Uh, but this has been the Coach's Corner, part of Broadway Sports Network, partner for 440 Sports. Go over to BroadwaySportsMedia.com, check out all of our articles, our other podcasts. Eastern Freeze has Titans 10 out there as well. I think you can find the feed on uh, F Words Pods for now before we get over there on his on their Spotify and their iTunes accounts before he gets his own feed there for the Titans 10. Give that a listen as well. It's real short. Gives you a brief update of some of the pressers and what was said there. So it's a good way to stay in touch with the Titans there. But until next time.
1: Hey, Ryan. Hey. Guess what? Oh, I forgot. Guess what?
0: What? Good guess. (laughs) We'll see y'all.
1: Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media.